Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. Uh, I am one of your panelists for the e- uh, evening, afternoon. We're recording kind of early today. It is Sunday, uh, but I am Ron Luce. I am joined today by Justin Wasik. Justin, how you doing, buddy? What's up? Nothing much, man. Happy. We got a Cubs victory. Um, very fun game to watch from an offensive perspective and pitching perspective, too. But, yeah, doing well. Doing well. Good, man. Yeah, it seems like you and I have been a good combination so far. I don't think you and I have covered a loss yet. So um, we may have covered one now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm not even entirely sure. So maybe we're good luck charms. Maybe, you know, when we're on the calendar and the Cubs on tap, the, the Cubs just know they got to win because we're going we're gonna to be able to talk about a win. And just as you said, Justin, the Cubs did win today on Sunday, August 30th, uh, by final score 10-1. to 1. Uh, This game was really never close, uh, truth be told. Um Great day, great day from uh, from the Cubs. Uh, a lot of good things to talk about. Maybe one or two bad things to talk about, uh, but overall, um, a lot of good to talk about. So, but first, before we get into recapping today's game, just want to bring you up to speed on the news of today. Uh, for those that didn't see, the Cubs made a trade today uh, this morning. So it was announced that the Cubs acquired infielder, outfielder slash DH. Uh, Jose Martinez uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays. Cubs fans, you are probably familiar with Jose Martinez as he spent uh, the last three years prior to this one with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, and was a regular for them both in the outfield and at first base. So um, Cubs are very familiar with him. They know what they're getting. Uh, Absolutely destroys left-handers. I think they said he has a 319 career average against lefties. Um, He's very, very good. He hits for high average. He's hit always about 300. Um, in his years with the Cardinals, um, you know, but he doesn't hit a ton of home runs. Uh, he pretty much pop kind of caps out at about 15 homers. So again, bringing in another good bat, um, especially, you know, it's another bat that Ross can put in the DH spot when they play lefties. Um, especially if, you know, Contreras is catching and he wants to give Caratini a day off or something of that nature. So, uh, just adds depth. Um, and it's a good move because the Cubs, as of now, haven't given up anybody. So they have two options. Um, the way of explaining it is is interesting. So they have two options. Um, most of the time when you see a trade, it's usually you know a player to be named later or cash consideration. So the Cubs did that twice in this trade. So in theory, the um, Tampa Bay Rays can take a player later and cash. They can take straight up cash, and it would just be like double the cash, quote-unquote. Or they can take two players to be named later. So that's the option on the trade. I'm sure it'll be announced after the season. It'll be minor leaguers. I don't expect anybody from the roster going the other way. Although I do believe Martinez actually does have uh, two more years of team control. So I think that's kind of interesting to note as well. He's not, doesn't seem to be just a pure rental um, as most guys are at this time of the year. Uh, And we will talk a little more trade deadline as that is Monday August 31st for this 60-game season. So uh, Justin and I will get into that here in just a minute. But uh, let's run through the play, plays of the game real quick and just recap the scoring. And then um, you know we'll, we'll dive into some analysis. So no score early until the top of the fourth. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hits his eighth home run of the season um, on a fly ball to right center field. That gives the Cubs a one nothing lead. And uh, just a few batters later, Jason Hayward also homers his fourth of the season uh, to give the Cubs a 2-0 lead. In the next top inning for the Cubs in the top of the fifth, Ian Happ hit his eighth as well uh, home run of the season. Nico Horner was on base, so that scores two and gives the Cubs a 4-0 lead uh, going into the next inning. And in the top of the sixth, 
This man's been so hot, and I know we're going to talk a lot about him on today's episode, and I'm excited about that. Jason Hayward homers yet again, his fifth home run on the season. Uh, it is a solo shot once again for him, so it is nothing Cubbies at that point in the game. Uh, but in the bottom of the sixth, uh, the Reds are able to get one back. Joey Votto hits a homer. You'll notice a trend here, folks, um, with my vocabulary. A lot of homers today. Uh, actually, every single run in this game was scored off of the long ball. So um, it was a home run derby in Cincinnati today. But as we mentioned, Joey Votto hits his fifth home run of the season to cut the Cubs lead down to four and make it 5-1 to one Cubs. Uh, but that really didn't matter because in the top of the seventh, Ian Happ yet again homers his ninth home run uh, of the season. It was a solo shot, and that gives the Cubs a 6-1 lead. And then with the bases juiced, Kyle Schwarber hits his ninth home run grand slam uh, to give that Cubs the 10-1 to lead, and that would be ultimately all they needed. A fun little fact, actually, um, actually history in today's game that I want to note before turning this over to you, Justin. The Cubs today are the first team in MLB history to have all three of their outfielders hit two home runs in a game. Yeah. That's wild. Um, yeah. That just goes crazy. to show how crazy today's game was. So, Justin, uh, you know, let's let's turn this thing over to you, man. I mean, there's a lot to dissect there, obviously, with the scoring. Um, but maybe a good place to start is with just that, the scoring. You know, take, take, uh, take us through, you know, your thoughts today. Um, on this Cubs offense and, you know, maybe who stood out to you and, you know, we'll just keep this conversation moving. Yeah, definitely a bit of history there. It was really cool to hear that. Um, I was actually thinking if that had ever happened before and then Len confirmed it um, after the Schwarber Grand Slam that that indeed was the case. So very interesting to, to, you know, watch that game and, and actually watch it from start to finish and see all the homers. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the standouts, obviously the outfielders. Um, you know, Hap's doing pretty well in that leadoff spot, still keeping that OPS above uh, 1,000, nearly hitting 300 for the year. Um, and then, yeah, Jay Hay, you know, in my opinion, one of the probably the most underappreciated Cub. Um, you know, I, we all know he didn't really start off well as a Cub, um, especially offensively. But uh, last year was his best offensive year for the Cubs, and, and he's bettered that, bettered that this season. Mm-hmm. Um, hitting now 286 with a 962 OPS. He, he's, and defensively, he just continues to do what he's been doing since he's been with the Cubs. So, you know, he's a gold glover. So, I mean, absolutely. Hap, Hayward, these, these are the guys that are, you know, sort of taking the place of your biases and Rizzo's and Bryant's, who should be the guys. With the uh, you know 294, 1040, you know 1041 OPS, um, but instead it's Ian Happ, and then you have Hayward. So really, really interested to see those guys um, continue to contribute. Um, the one negative, the one negative offensively, is that I just still worry that this team can't put together like rallies. They rely on the home run ball, I think, a little bit too much. Yep. I'm not going to complain if you hit six home runs. You know, fine, but that's just not going to happen every day. So, still a little concerned about that. About Baez, he looked awful today. Um, he didn't really look like he knew what he was doing. Um, so, there's still some things to improve. But hey, I'm not going to complain too much, especially offensively. Ten runs, it's massive. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you summed it up perfectly there, man. Like it's crazy to think this year that you know, if you would have told me going into this season that the outfield, based on what we imagined as, you know, the starting nine, right? You got 
um, Schwarber, Hap, Hayward, and then across the infield, left to right, you got Bryant, obviously if he was healthy, Baez, you know, Horner slash Kipnis, Rizzo, Contreras. If you would have told me the outfield was going to be the better offensive group than the infield, I would have told you you're lying. I would have said you're high or you're on some crazy kind of drug that I need some of because that sounds ridiculous. When in reality, like you said, that is the case this year. You know, these guys are stepping up to the plate. You know, pun actually not intended there. But, you know, like you said, 294 for Ian Happ with a 1041 OPS is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you know, our our very own here at Cubs on Tap, Brian Mishler, he does a lot of the tweeting, especially during games for us, and he does a great job with it. He's been calling for it, and you know what? I agree with him. Ian Happ needs to be in the MVP conversation this year for the NL because right now he has just continually been spectacular. And especially if this Cubs team is, you know, wins the division, I think you have to put him in that conversation for the MVP voting because right now with the um, F war, which is like a kind of adjusted version of the traditional war statistic, uh, Ian Happ is fifth in the MLB right now in F war. So that just shows how valuable he is to this Cubs team right now. Um, you know, and then like you said, Jason Hayward having his best career offensive season with the Cubs, 286 and 962 OPS. That's second best on the team in both of those categories. And, you know, today, two home runs out of him. He's got five on the season. You figure you put that over the course of a, a full 162. He, he's probably hitting, you know, 20, 25 home runs, you know, over the course of the entire season. Um, and, and he's been absolutely sensational and it's been great to see. I 100% agree with you though when it comes to the offensive negatives though. Uh, it was nice to see. I mean, Rizzo had a hit and a walk today. That's fine. You know, Riz is kind of getting back into the groove. He's up to 235 now with his average, and he still has that beautiful 843 OPS uh, despite his struggles. But, you know, Schwarber having a big day today was great. His average is still low, but his OPS is still pretty solid. He's only um, uh, zero, you know, .01 points worse than uh, Anthony Rizzo in this case. He's an 833 in OPS. But, I mean, five RBIs, two hits, both homers. I mean, absolutely great day from him. Uh, but I'm con- I'm concerned about bias. I'm concerned about Wilson Contreras being you know 0 for 4 with a walk. And I I mean this guy I wasn't too terribly concerned about, but he has definitely cooled off and come back down to earth. And that's Jason Kipnis. Uh, yeah. He was he was 0 for 5 today with two strikeouts. He had a bit of a rough day uh, in that DH spot. But like we said, I mean Kipnis being what he has been this year has already been a pleasant surprise for what he he actually was in in terms of acquiring him in the offseason. And you know getting Jose Martinez now. You know, there's a lot of days that where Kipnis is DHing and, and you don't see Caratini there. Now you're going to see Martinez in that role, um, yeah. and I think that's going to help this lineup. I think having him in that seven, you know, seven eight spot really does this lineup a lot of good because now you're setting guys up at the bottom of that order, like a Nico Horner, like a David Bodie, who wasn't too terrible today, one for two with two walks. Not a bad day from David Bodie, um, who actually, fun fact, I think he leads the team in RBIs. Um, I was actually looking at that today, and it it, it wigged me out so badly that I had to double check it because I was oh, like, wait, fine. really? And, um, and I, and I'm pulling it up again just to make sure I'm not completely talking out of my ass here, but, um, Oh no. Okay. So after today, Ian Happ now leads the team in RBIs. Uh, but going into today, um, when I was looking at the, the preview, um, David Bodie, uh, he's actually tied for second right now on the team in RBIs at 19, him and Schwarber yeah. are tied and he's played less games than Schwarber. He's played five less games and five less games than Ian Happ too. And Ian Happ has 20. So um, a little bit of an interesting t- uh, statistic there just happened across my mind while I saw David Bodie's name. But back to my point, you know, you get Martinez there. You got 
you know, Hayward Martinez, Bodie Horner right now until Bryant's healthy, setting up for guys like Hap, Rizzo, and Baez at the top of the lineup when they come through that second time and third time, that, that could prove really well. And, um, you know, like we said, it was it was a home run derby today, folks. Every run for both teams was scored via the long ball. So if you enjoy home runs, today was a fun game to watch. But um, something we certainly need to address today was the pitching. Um, and not necessarily from a bad standpoint, just today was an odd day for the pitching, yeah. right? Um you know, for those that didn't get to watch the game, uh, which, again, I'm kind of bummed you didn't, go watch one of the replays if you can of the game because it was worth watching. But, you know, Luis Castillo, arguably one of the best pitchers in the NL, uh, having a really weird year. He's 0 for 5 um, with not a terrible ERA. He's a 4.1 ERA, but he went 5 today. He gave up 5 hits, 4 runs, all earned. Struck out 7. We knew, you know, these guys always get their strikeouts against this Cubs team, right? We, we're, we're used to that now. But he did give up 3 homers. Um, and that ultimately cost him the game and gave him the loss. But uh, I'm more focused on the on the Cubs side of things, right? Tyler Chatwood starts today's game, only goes two and a third and removes himself. Uh, only gave up two hits, didn't walk anybody, didn't strike anybody out, granted. Uh, but the reports are that he has elbow um, discomfort. So really something to keep an eye on there because if this guy needs Tommy John, I mean, he's done. So um, that'll be certainly something interesting to keep an eye on. But then Colin Rea comes in. Cleans up that third inning with the last, um, you know, two-thirds of that inning. Strikes out one. Clean stat line otherwise. Uh, he actually is your winning pitcher on the day, so he's now 1-0 on the season. But Jose Quintana, man, three innings out of the pen today. Two hits. He gave up the one run to Joey Votto, but he struck out six and only walked one in just three innings at work. He was absolutely fantastic today. And now that Chatwood's likely going to be out for a while, I think you have to put Quintana back in. And, and bring up Alzali, and this is where I wanted to, to get your thoughts, Justin, because then the rest of the the rest of the day was pretty much garbage time. I mean, Tapera made it interesting there, walking three, uh, but the Nico Horner play got him out of that inning, and that was yeah. absolutely beautiful. And then when Ryan and Underwood came in, that was more or less garbage time. So you know, but they both were clean stat line, and Underwood actually struck out the side. So I think that's yeah. uh, worth noting as well. But Justin, take me through your thoughts today on the pitching. Um, there's obviously a lot to dissect, so take as much time as you need, but I would love to hear your thoughts on, on the Cubs pitching today and, you know, what maybe you expect now kind of going forward. Yeah. Well, just, just actually started off with Luis Castillo, interesting stat. He only gave up a home, one home run heading into this game and he ended up giving up three today, which I, you know, obviously a very good stat for the Cubs. He has had a weird year. Um, definitely not the statistics of a 0-5 pitcher, but Nonetheless, um, I'm glad we we forced him to get the loss. Yeah, Chatwood, I mean, I've said this on Twitter. I've said this on this pod. So I know it's elbow discomfort. Um, and I'm not a doctor, obviously, but they were they were dissecting his, his release point and how it's changed from the first couple starts where he was looking really good to the last couple starts where he's obviously been post-back injury. And he's sort of leaning towards his left, stretching, and the release point is actually changing. And I, I wasn't a pitcher growing up, so I'm not sure of the mechanics. But basically what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't be surprised if this back injury causes a chain reaction of affecting the release, like affecting the body position, which is a, which affects the release point, yep. which then could, I don't know, affect affect the elbow somehow. And Domino effect. Just a, yeah. Because back injuries are the worst, and they your back affects your core, and then your core it just it's just a chain event, a domino effect, and it could you know 
really hamper a lot of different parts of your body. So let's hope it's just some minor discomfort that's been sort of somehow connected to this back injury. Um, hopefully it's nothing serious where it requires surgery, but I wouldn't really count on Chatwood, to be honest. I would really start looking at Quintana as a replacement. Um, I mean, that's we've talked about this before on the podcast multiple times. Um, that's what we traded him for. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's a starter at heart, so, you know, I, I have confidence in Q. Um, and he did he did have a good performance today, uh, which was solid. He made one mistake, really, to Joey Votto, who's been a little hot this series. Um, besides that, he looked great. He struck out six through two innings, um, only a walk. And again, that one, or no, he gave up two hits, but that one run to, to Votto. Yeah, I mean, we definitely need him, though, especially if Chatwood's going to be out um, for the foreseeable future. And uh, Colin Ray, first win in four, nearly four years for him. Um, long road getting back, obviously, with all the injuries, and, and so good for him. And yeah, it was good to see, I mean, Tapera struggled a little bit. But Nico Horner with a great play, and it was good to see Ryan and Underwood really settle it down and not really mess about and get it get it done. So overall, good good performance by the pitching staff. Worried about Chatwood a bit, of course, but really glad that Q's back. Sort of good timing that way. Yeah, I, I love what you said about Chatwood too. I think that breakdown was perfect, right? Like you said, I mean, if you think about you know, especially anybody that listens to this that's an ex-athlete. I, I was an ex-athlete. You were an ex-athlete. You know. Your back and your core affects yeah. everything. So, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, if his back is tight, that changes his release point potentially because maybe he's ho- pulling up, maybe he's not going all the falling all the way through with his his throw. You know, maybe that's like you said, that's affecting his arm angle, his delivery, and now all of a sudden he's having elbow issues because of that. So, I agree with you. I think that back injury could still be lingering because you know, really, it was a tale of two pitchers. You know, the first two starts, he's healthy. He looks good. He looks like the Tyler Chatwood we paid $13 million to. And then, not so much. Then he looks like, you know, the Tyler Chatwood that pissed off Cubs fans for two years. You know, especially that first season when he couldn't do anything and actually ended up being optioned down to AAA. You know, so, yeah, that that is a concern. That is absolutely a concern. I agree with you. You know, I, I saw your tweet about this earlier. I don't think they can even count on Chatwood the rest of the year now. I think you just have to let him heal. If it's especially if it's a back, and this is not even just from like uh you know oh well you know the Cubs want him for next year I think he's a free agent so it really doesn't even matter to the Cubs but you you want just for his own sake you know if he's gonna get that next contract somewhere if it's not with the Cubs you know he you got to let him heal and he's not gonna do you any favors if he's trying to pitch hurt right. because he's just gonna he's gonna throw you some cookie over the middle of the plate to some guy and give up a three run home run and that could be how you lose three to two you don't need it. Um, but like you said, man, Raya, good for him. You know, first win back after a long time. I think he's really settling in as a nice piece. I think he's maybe the most underappreciated piece of the bullpen um, so far this season, at least for me personally. Um, Quintana, awesome to see him. I, you know what? And I'm actually happy he's coming back and probably going to start now because two relief outings of multiple innings, he's looked really, really good. And, yeah. you know, if he can do that now over six, seven on a regular basis the rest of the season – now, all of a sudden, instead of only two-fifths of the rotation do I feel, like, super, super comfortable with, and kind of three-fifths on certain days with Mills, but now, all of a sudden, really the only guy that I have any concern with coming out there every fifth day is Lester, and that's a good problem yeah. to have. You know, if you only got one guy in that rotation that you're like, what version are we going to get? 
Especially because this could be Lester's last year with the team. I know he has a, a, I believe it's a team option for next year, but it's a team option for like $21 million. They're not going to pay John Lester, this version of John Lester, 21 mil. If he was still, you know, 2018 John Lester, absolutely. You know, he's absolutely worth the 21 mil then. But age catches up to everybody. It happens. And he could still come back, just not on that team option, I don't think. So, you know, realistically, right now you're looking at, Chatwood's 13 mil falling off the books. You know, Lester's 21 mil falling off the books. You know, but you already have your rotation kind of set now. You know, if they really believe in Mills, if you still feel good about Quintana, you know, and so far Quintana's proved that he can still pitch. You know, and then you obviously have Hendricks, who, yeah, sure, he's had his his issues this year, but overall he's a very consistent player. You know what you're getting with Hendricks. And then obviously we we have Cy Young, I mean, uh, you Darvish in our rotation, so... (laughs) Um, he's just been electric and he's pretty much a guaranteed win every fifth day. So, um, but I agree also with you too, then, you know, at your ending point about Ryan and Underwood, nice to see clean stat lines from them. Ryan didn't strike anybody out, but also didn't walk, didn't get any up any hits, just three quick outs. And then Underwood strikes out the side, which I know for him was probably good, uh, to get that confidence back up. So, uh, that is pretty much it from today. Like we said, the, the Cubs win one, nothing with, uh, Colin Raya getting his or one, nothing. The Cubs, <laughs> Raya is 1-0. I looked at that and said that. The Cubs went 10-1. to um, If you got rid of the 1 in front of the Cubs, then it would have been one nothing Reds. But, um, yeah, Raya gets his first win. Castillo drops to 0-5 on the season. Obviously, really the only things to mention today uh, from the Reds. Very quiet. Votto had the home run. Uh, and the only other players on the team to have a hit today were Moustakis was 1-4. for four, and uh, Akiyama in center field was two for three with a walk. He was probably their second best offensive player to find Votto today. Um, our boy Castellanos was 0 for 4, which when it's against the Cubs, I'm cool with. When it's, you know, hopefully him back in a Cubs uniform someday, I hope that doesn't happen very often. Neither way, either way, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Um, but the Cubbies are now 20 and 14, and they go into a well needed off day tomorrow on Monday, August 31st. The Reds now dropped to 15 and 19 and are now officially five back of the Cubs in the Central. So, um, you know, normally this is where we would start to preview um, Tuesday's game in this case. But I want to talk a little bit to you, Justin, about the MLB trade deadline. So for those that maybe aren't out, you know, in the loop just because of the crazy 60 game season, tomorrow, August 31st, Monday, is the official trade deadline for the MLB for this 2020 season. Um, and really, you know, most of the trades that we're seeing so far are depth guys, right? We're, we're not seeing any, you know, blockbuster trades. Nobody's doing a hard, hard, you know, full-blown sale because technically in a lot of ways, everybody's kind of in it, especially with the expanded playoffs. So, you know, for example, just naming a couple trades that happened today. Padres acquired Jason Castro from the Angels, backup catcher uh, to complement Austin Hedges. Uh, the Padres also made moves for reliever Trevor Rosenthal. And first baseman Mitch Moreland, just more depth for that team. I think you'll see a lot of uh, relief pitchers be dealt um, at this deadline. Uh, The Rockies acquired relief pitcher from the Orioles, uh, Michael Gibbons. Um, So that happened. Uh, The Orioles also traded away Tommy Malone, who has been spot starting for them, as well as kind of coming out of the pen. He goes to the Braves, who are in desperate need of pitching after numerous injuries um, to a bunch of their starters, as well as the uh, DFA of uh, Fulton But then there's, you know, the, the biggest rumors right now obviously don't involve the Cubs. Uh, White Sox and Indians are talking Mike Clevenger. Um, you know, Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn's a big name, but it's the Twins, Padres, and Blue Jays that are kind of in on him. Um, you know, so, and, and the Cubs, like we said today, traded for Jose Martinez. 
Uh, really, that's a good move for the Cubs because, you know, it's a depth bat. Um, and they don't really have to give up all that much. But, Justin, I want to get your thoughts. So, obviously, like we said, trade deadline tomorrow. I personally don't expect the Cubs to be very active. Maybe go after a left-handed relief pitcher. Wouldn't terribly surprise me if it's the right price. But that's where I want to kind of hear from you is, you know, what would you expect to potentially see out of this Cubs team tomorrow on Monday in terms of any more trades that the Cubs could be making besides the Jose Martinez move from today? I mean, I agree with you that I don't, I don't think there are going to be any moves. It's a, it's such a, it's such a weird year. And I think Lennon JD were talking about it a couple of days ago, just like, because of, there's just so much uncertainty, a lot of financial uncertainty too, um, with these ball clubs and a lot of owners and general managers, I think you're going to be looking like if you're, if you're, if you're a team that wants to, if you're a buyer, like the Cubs are, would be a buyer in this situation, right? Cause obviously, you know, we're in first place and we're, uh, you know, a contender, um, Usually in this situation, you'd give up, I don't know, one or, or two of your really good prospects for, for maybe a, a starting pitcher or, or you know, something of the like. Mm-hmm. But with all this uncertainty that I mentioned, I mean, that homegrown, cheap talent that is going to be under team control for a long time, you're probably more so than any other season not wanting, not going to want to get rid of that type of especially if you're just going to be trading for a rental, right? I think they were talking about Trevor Bauer being a potential trade piece from uh, from the Reds' perspective. But they, but JD was just saying how how difficult it's going to be to really find find someone that's going to be willing to part with some top prospects for a player who is going to be a rental for, I mean, a half a season, which in this case is going to be like 20 games. So. I don't know. I, I really don't expect to see anything from the Cubs. If if we did, I would hope we would get that that left-handed reliever, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anyone. I really haven't done my research in terms of like potential um, potential like left-handed relievers we could get. But um, again, echoing your point, um, I personally don't see us doing any other. You know, conducting any other trades before yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you you mentioned what you mentioned about the the cost, right, and team control, and you know, a normal season with the deadline is even if you make the trade at the deadline, usually it's July 31st historically, you still have a good two months of baseball. You still have 60 games with whoever it is that you're trading for, and so far, kind of the interesting thing that a lot of people are seeing is. Guys that are being traded for are either depth pieces, for one, so far, um, or guys with team control beyond this season. And I think that's the key, right, is, you know, maybe you see somebody, like you said, maybe some team is willing to part ways with a big prospect if that player that they're acquiring has two, three, God forbid, four years of team control beyond 2020. Then I could see that happening, right? Then, like you said, they're under, you know, cost efficiency, you know, you have them for more than just, like you said, 20 games or 30 games now or, yeah, you know, about about 25 games now from pretty much here on out. So, you know, that that I could see because, right, a lot of the moves that we've seen so far, like the White Sox acquiring Ger- uh, Gerard Dyson, you know, depth outfielder, Cubs acquiring Jose Martinez, team control beyond this year and a depth bat. 
Mitch Moreland, same thing with the Padres. They already have Eric Hosmer, but a depth bat, especially with the DH, right? Never hurts to have depth bats this year, especially if you're in the NL. You know, Blue Jays acquiring uh, Tehan Walker. They're kind of having a little bit of a surprise season in this short stint. These young guys are really stepping up now. Kevin Biggio's having a hell of a season for them. He's on my fantasy team. That's how I know that. You know, they go out and get another starter because they're like, screw it. Why don't we take a run at this? We have a good farm system. We don't really have to give up much to go get them. Let's go get another arm and see what happens. You know, everything so far I'm seeing are are kind of those, like you said, like not – nobody's really parting ways with big assets for guys that are going to be free agents at the end of 2020. And, you know, that's why I think it's really interesting seeing the rumor um, coming out of Texas that Joey Gallo has been in trade talks. Like that's that's a potentially, you know, standings changing move for a team if they get a Joey Gallo, you know, to come in and maybe he just DHs for you. Hell, everybody's got a DH. You don't need him to play the field. He doesn't I mean he's a, he's an okay defender. He's not a great defender, but he's got a monster bat. You know, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what happens. But I agree with you. I don't I don't expect much more from the Cubs. Um you know, if they do make a move, I would expect it to be a left-handed reliever, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Theo and Jed are sitting there and going, you know what, we, we have all these guys down in South Bend. Maybe we can just find that, you know, left-handed reliever from within. You know, maybe it is a Burl Caraway they feel is ready now because they said he was probably the most major league ready player in this year's draft just because he was a college reliever. The re- the transition for reliever to reliever in any league is, is easy. You know, he was he was doing it daily in college. He wasn't a starter trying to transition to the bullpen. So, you know, I could see him maybe coming in. Maybe they give Braylon Marquez a shot. I know we've been kind of calling for that all season. It would be interesting to see. You know, but maybe he comes in and blows them away as a, you know, 2020 relief pitcher. You know, and then you start thinking about him in AAA next year as a starter. And maybe, you know, 2022, he's in your rotation. You know, the worst thing is he comes up, gets two games, and, you know, maybe he doesn't do well, and you just put him back in South Bend and let him keep working on his craft. So I think, you know, like we've said, if anything, left-handed reliever. Otherwise, I think the Cubs are rolling with it. Like you said, I don't think they want to part ways with any of their big prospects. I don't think they want to give up a Brennan Davis. I don't think they want to give up a Braylon Marquez. You know, I don't think they want to give up a Cole Roeder. Like, they want those guys to continue to build and grow and, and, and develop in their system. And they sure as hell don't want to give away any of these young arms that they have now because that's kind of the future, I feel like, for a lot of major league clubs is – you know, if you're going to spend money on pitching, spend it on your starters and try and develop those bullpen guys from within. You know, they have Ryan Jensen. They have uh, McAveen, who they drafted in the third round, I believe, last year. They have Burl Caraway. They have uh, the big left-hander that they just drafted this year. I believe Little was his last name. Um, you know, they have all these guys now that they can project into bullpen guys in the future, especially when, you know, maybe a Craig Kimbrell is released this year. Who knows? He pissed the bet away, you know, yesterday in that second game. You know, he's yeah. starting to look good, but he's not looking like a $16 million a year reliever right now. So um, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, and, and I'm glad you, uh, you know, kind of articulated the, the points that you did. So I do think this is a good time. We can transition now because um, just like my mouth is going to need after this podcast, the Cubs have an off day tomorrow, um, you know, which is well needed, let's be honest. Uh, kind of a bif- bit of a rough stretch. For them, uh, they're still on the road. They have three more games on the road before they uh, go on a nice little homestand then uh, for most of the beginning of September. So, uh, But before we go ahead and preview Tuesday's game, I do want to remind you that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can find all of our great literature and podcasting works over at www. 
ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on social media at ontapsportsnet. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have great Cubs coverage. You're listening to some of that right now. Uh, we also have great Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks coverage. Bulls and Blackhawks going into their offseason. A lot of things are probably going to happen for both of those teams. New regime with the Bulls. I know, Justin, you're excited about that. Obviously, the fourth pick. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, I, I am a Blackhawks guy myself here at ONTAP Sportsnet, so uh, I'm actually looking to have um, you know some, some possible trade ideas uh, article out in the uh, next week or so about the Blackhawks um, for this offseason. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we realize it, but Bears football is literally like two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it coming. Feel like it. It doesn't. It's just it, it. That's the 2020 vibe for this year. But it's it's coming. It's close. September 13th. Um, you know, mark it on your calendar. We're two weeks away from from Bears football here, so it's uh it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm excited for it, and um, you know, be sure to to check out all of our guys that work really hard on the Bears side here at On Tap Sports Night. And yes, Cubs fans, they're probably busy watching the game right now. Oh no, never mind. Game ended. I didn't even see it. Uh, Luis Robert hit a uh, walk off home run. It looks like, but um, the White Sox, they're having a good year. And Cubs fans, I know we all have friends that are White Sox fans. I have probably most of my friends are White Sox fans. You go ahead and send them over to us as well here at ONTAP Sportsnet because we have some of the best White Sox coverage around. So once again, you can find us on the interwebs, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All right, Justin. Woo. Man, oh man, here we go. Uh, so going into tomorrow... Um, I don't know if the Pirates won or lost today, so I'm actually going to quickly look this up before I dive too much further. Uh, oh, they did win today. Okay, good. I have updated rankings now. So the 20 and 14 Cubs will play visitor uh, to the 10 and 21 Pittsburgh Pirates on Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, at beautiful PNC Park. That is a beautiful ballpark in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, first pitch is scheduled for 6.05 Central Daylight Time, so that's 7.05 for all of y'all on the East Coast, and then count it back from there for our friends out West. You can listen to the game if you're in the Cubs market on 6.70 to score, and you can also watch it on Marquee Sports Network, or if you're in the Pirates market, you can listen to the game on KDKA FM 93.7, or you can watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Uh, the Cubs are trotting out big left-hander John Lester. Uh, John, despite you know his last two starts not being great. Actually, I take that back. His last start, he was actually pretty solid, um, but it got kind of pissed away by the bullpen. Uh, he's 2-1 and one on the season. Didn't factor into that decision his last time out. Uh, 4.55 ERA out of John at this point in his career. Not bad. We'll take it for sure. Uh, and he has 22 Ks on the season. As for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they'll be trotting out right-hander Chad Cool. Uh, cool is one and one on the season with a 2.52 ERA and 20 Ks. Uh, he's actually coming off his longest start of the season as well, which was a six-inning one-run outing against the Cardinals. So uh, this will be an interesting game. Obviously, this is the type of team that the Cubs need to beat up on. I know we said that about Detroit. I know we said that about um, uh, the Reds. Um, but you know, the Pirates have been really bad this year. So this is the type of team the Cubs need to beat up on. So Justin. Uh, let me get your preview for Tuesday's game, what you're expecting, uh, and then before you finish up, would love to hear who your fly the W pick is for Tuesday. Yeah, um, while the Pirates are in last place, uh, if you look at the last last 10 game record, they actually have the best last 10 game record in the division, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, so they're quote-unquote hot for, for them. Um, 
they were four and seventeen at one point, and now ten and twenty-one, like you mentioned. Um, I I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I you got to get two out of three here. I said that about the Tiger series, and, and we didn't. And and honestly, my confidence isn't too high. Um, to to be honest, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think the offense has really put together. I mean, th- this game was really exciting, but six home run games don't come around too often. So, in my opinion, the offense is still struggling, as weird as that is to say, after scoring 10 runs. Um, they struggle to put together, you know, a series, you know, a rally, essentially. Um, you know, they're really, uh, you know, depending on the long ball. Um, I also, I don't have the stats, but to be honest, I don't think John has great success against Pittsburgh. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that. I, 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 I don't think I am. Um, and he, I mean, he had a fine, no, he had a no decision. He, he pitched, he pitched all right. Um, versus Detroit still a little iffy on him. Again, we were talking about him earlier. Age is definitely catching up to him. I mean, you know, in big games, I, I trust John, no matter what. Um, I do believe that he'll have at least a decent performance. And like I said, two out of three versus Pittsburgh is the absolute minimum. Um, you know, we're just very thankful at this point that no one else in the division has really taken advantage of the Cubs' slump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about this Chad Cool guy. Um, I'm looking at the stats. Wilson Contreras has a 625 average against him in his career. Love hopefully, that. Hopefully that can, you know, give him a little uh, confidence and pick up that average over 200. Jay Hay has a 500 average against him. Um, one home run, six RBIs, and 16 at bats. Uh, and even Anthony has a 350 career average against him. So we do have some some players that have hit uh, Chad Cool pretty well. Um, he is coming off his longest start of the season: six innings, one run against the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about him. Hopefully, uh, those guys that I mentioned can continue their their success against them, and and hopefully we can get a Baez rolling a bit as well um don't want to rely too much on the long ball but hey if you can any way you can get runs across the plate i'm fine again two out of three is the bare minimum i really would love a sweep here yeah i agree with you right there man would love a sweep against pittsburgh this is the type of team to take advantage of um because you know it it doesn't really get much easier from here you know september is full of a lot of pretty decent teams um that the cubs have to play and i'm I'm gonna pull up that schedule and, and talk through that here in a second but you know like you said, um, very interesting to see some of these stat lines against Chad Cool. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, 20 at-bats. He's batting 350 with two homers and four ribbies. Jason Hayward, actually, most RBIs on the team against, of anybody against Cool. Uh, he's 8 for 16 with a home run and six RBIs driven in. And Jason Hayward's having the best year of his career right now. So that feels like something that the, he could really build off of after an absolutely sensational series. Um, you know, truth, truth be told, where he probably was the best player. Uh, in this red series for this Cubs team. So, um, yeah, I, but I agree with you about John, right? I mean, there's, there's some guys on this Pittsburgh roster that I'm looking at that have a little bit of success against them. Kevin Newman, for some reason, is hitting almost 400 against them in 18 at-bats. Um, Eric Gonzalez only has seven at-bats, but he's got a 429 average. Frazier also 429 average, but in 14 at-bats. And then Josh Bell, arguably their best hitter, um, actually only has a 269 against Lester in 26 at-bats. And then uh, you know, in 16 at-bats, Gregory Polanco is only batting 125. So 
you know, arguably their two best players really don't do much against John. It seems like it's everybody else that does things against John. So, I mean, if we can get the five-inning no-decision version of John from Detroit where he only gives up one run, um, you know, we can live with the eight hits as long as it's only one-run ball. Um, I would love to see that out of him. But I would love to see the Cubs tattoo cool on uh, on Tuesday night. That would make me all warm and fuzzy um, for me. Uh, Justin, I know you listed off a ton of stats there, and I might have missed it. Um, what? Also, yeah, who you got? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, he should be playing based on his uh, his stats against Cool, but I, I'll go with Willie. Um, get some good juju going. Um, I'd like to see him play again with those stats. I think he should be playing against Cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Willie. If, if he's not playing, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But assuming he plays um, and it's not Caratini, uh, I'll go Willie. Yeah, I would expect to see Willie, uh, especially with John on the mound oh, yeah, after an John off day. I would yeah. I would expect to see him. So, that yeah, that's a great pick, like you said. I mean, he's betting 625 against the guy. He's got great success against Cool. Um, you know, and, and would love to see – I would actually love to see Wilson – get back to the early season version of Wilson, maybe in those like first two weeks of the season where he was hitting a lot of doubles, like a lot of doubles, a couple singles, you know, he obviously worked in the home run ball as well, but you know, he was hitting a lot of doubles. And like you said, I, I really don't want this Cubs team to have to just totally rely on the long ball going across the whole season. So, you know, if he's able to put together that type of performance, you know, maybe goes two for three, two for four, maybe a double and a single, maybe plates a run or scores a run. I would be pretty happy with that from, uh, from Willie. Uh, on Tuesday night, I'm going to go ahead and ride the hot hand, man. I mean, it's 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 really easy to want to pick Rizzo also in this situation. I think either one of these guys are great picks, but damn, man, Jason Hayward has just been so hot lately, and yeah. I'm just going to ride that hot hand. I mean, he is just putting this team on his back. You know, I, I'm actually really, really, pro- I'm actually upset, I should say, that my Jason Hayward jersey has these like weird stains on it. I don't even know where they're from, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had a Jay Hay jersey for like four years. People are like, why do you have this? This is why I have this. Because this is the Jason Hayward we knew he could be. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Justin, you still get that gold glove defense on top of it. The guy's a five-time gold glover. And, you know, he's what, yep. barely 30 years old. I mean, he's been in the league for what feels like forever. So, um, but yeah, you know, they need to get uh, – Jason Hayward's my fly W pick, but they need to get at least two out of three against Pittsburgh. Would love a sweep because, ladies and gentlemen, they got – Five in four against the Cardinals starting on Friday, uh, a doubleheader on that Saturday game, and they go all the way through Labor Day. But then you got three against the Reds at Wrigley. You got three in Milwaukee. Uh, you got two nice little off days built in on the 14th and 17th of September. But you got the Indians in between that at home. You got the Twins, who you know, one of the best teams in the AL Central, uh, for your last home series uh, that weekend of the 19th. And then seven straight games to close the season on the road. Four against the Pirates, which, again, great team to, you know, hopefully tattoo in that four-game series and go into the playoffs. Uh, but then you got the White Sox in the last game, last series of the season at the uh, guaranteed rate field. So uh, the Cubs will be back in Chicago, uh, but they'll just be playing on the south side rather in, than in Wrigleyville. Um, yeah, man, uh, that, was a, that was a hell of an episode. A lot to unpack there. Uh, but we are so grateful and thankful that you were willing to join us and take time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, we hope that if you're willing to take time to listen to us, that you would also take some time to rate and review us uh, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We'd love the feedback. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to sit there and you know be, oh, great job, you know, five stars. 
be honest with us. You know, if, if you think we're, you know, a three and a half star podcast, tell us why. We'd love to improve. We'd love to get better for you, the listeners, um, you know, so that you guys continue, can continue to listen uh, and spread the word about us so that your friends and, and family that also love the Cubs uh, can partake. Um, we'd also love to interact with you guys, too. That's something that I've brought up a couple times historically. You know, send us questions on Twitter. Send it to the Cubs on Tap account. Send it to any of our accounts. Um, Justin is at J-U-S-T underscore Wasik. Yep. Nailed it. Nice. And I, I am at R-N-L-D Luce, which is L-U-C-E on Twitter as well. Tweet us. Ask us questions. We'd love to interact with you guys. You know, if you send us in a good question, we'll talk about it here on the podcast. Um, you know, we really love to, to interact with the people that listen to our podcast. Um, you know, and, and like I said, take time out of their day to, uh, to, to spend about, you know, somewhere between 25 and an hour, uh, with our, our craziness, uh, over here at Cubs on tap. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Cubs win on Sunday, August 30th against the Cincinnati Reds by a final score of 10 to one. We saw some history today. Uh, it was a great day for, uh, to be a Cubs fan and see what they did today, uh, we got an off day tomorrow. Trade deadline could be some big news coming from the Cubs. Could be very quiet. Uh, could be a very quiet deadline in total, as we mentioned earlier. And um, you know, we'll be back then after Tuesday's game against the Pirates to recap that one as well. From myself, panelist Ron Luce and Justin Wasik, we thank you once again for joining us. And Justin, let's get out of here with the only way we know how to, my man. Let's go, Cubbies. Go Cubs. Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.